Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today I sit down with Erica Gellert and enjoy some cold beer. Erica is an actor, writer, comedian, and a woman I admire immensely. Hi, Erica. Hi. How's Hi. it going? So good. Um, so, oh yeah, so what kind of beer are you drinking? I'm drinking a Belgian Moon today. Oh, I drank my last one. I love Bel. I actually love Belgian Moon. It's so good. They're so tasty. I drink them as like a little dessert, you know? Yeah. At the restaurant I work at, they have them. So anytime they have beer specials, I'm always like, bring me a Belgian Moon. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, fabulous. Okay. I am so excited to talk to you today. We went to the same party a couple months ago. Everything feels Mm -hmm. like a couple months ago. And it was the first time that I actually got to like sit down and talk to you. I was so nervous, but I got to sit down and talk to you a little bit. And I was just like, okay, I have to have this girl on the podcast. No, you just, you seem, you, you, my perception is that you possess like so many traits that I'm like working in therapy to have. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm... Oh my gosh, that is like the all-time compliment. Wow, wow. Okay, I hope so. It feels very pathetic, but it it's, no. I'm, oh my I'm trying to be very honest with this shit because usually yes. I just like try and pretend my way through life and make everybody think that I'm okay and I'm I'm cool and I don't need anything. And really I'm like, oh my God, Erica, teach me how you are so cool and confident. Well, that is so flattering. I got, especially coming from a, a force like yourself, like that oh. means a lot. Um, okay. First thing I want to ask you. So, um, you perform a ton. I know you are a part of an all female comedy, um, sketch and improv troupe, low rise Queens. And I know you are a part of a award-winning sketch and improv duo, Tom and Erica with Tom Hearn and you do solo (laughs) shows. Um, I want to ask you first about Skechersen. So, um, for listeners, Skechersen is a Canadian comedy award-winning sketch collective and, I would love, can you sort of explain, like, what is Skechersons? What do you guys do? All right. So Skechersons slash Sunday Night Live is, like you said, a collective of all sorts of different style comedians. Some people started in stand-up and some people started improv. But then ultimately, they all just banded together, auditioned for this collective, and became a sketch writer. And so Mm. all of us, we will... Since you like audition, you make it into the cast. Then what happens is we get together on every Thursday night at mm-hmm. six p.m. at a at the bar we all know as Comedy Bar, and <laughs> we get our laptops out and we pitch sketches that we've all written throughout the week for our host and for oh yes, there's a celebrity guest host that comes in. It's very it's a very low rent version of Saturday Night Live. <laughs> like, <laughs> It is CanCon and it is live in a basement and it just doesn't get better than that. But we do have a host, <laughs> we have a live band. Anyways, the, the process itself is, yeah, we get together Thursday, we pitch for about two hours and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we do the show. But Saturday or Sunday is when the head writer of the cast will send out the casting breakdown. So that is when you discover if your sketch that week got in. If you have two sketches in, if you have no sketches in, 
doesn't matter. You're <laughs> you're coming in on Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, and then we uh, come into the bar uh, around one p.m. on Sunday, and then we rehearse uh, up until the show at nine thirty every wow. single week. <laughs> oh yeah. my god. Okay, so what made you want to audition for Skechersons in the first place? Well, uh, oh my gosh, it was. I moved to Toronto about, oh my God, this is going to really age me, uh, seven years ago already. <laughs> I was like, wow. like a young buck going to college. I went to, mm. I, my accent I, from, from moving home back to Thunder Bay, I, I got to just pause and let you guys know that I don't normally sound this Northern, but all of a sudden, like my <laughs> accent has really come out since moving back. I sound like Minnesota almost sometimes. <laughs> like, Who I love this? the Minnesotan accent. Oh, that's yeah, so no, good. I, I'm just like Fargo over here with the, <laughs> yeah, my my beer yeah I have like a one sip of beer and I slip into this whole like uh, blue collar woman and I love it um so yeah I was I was taking comedy at the Humber School of Comedy (laughs) and I started getting into pretty much everything like they they're more stand-up geared there and then kind of like there's a few acting courses and a little improv but most of it's kind of dated (laughs) uh like Mm. ways to learn uh, comedy and um, yeah so you kind of have to find your own way uh there's a lot of volunteer opportunities so long story short but also it's a long story I volunteered <laughs> for Toronto Sketch Fest <laughs> volunteer for Toronto Sketch Fest when I was like yeah 18 18 or whatever and I saw uh Skechersons show I saw something like, like Sarah Hillier was still in the cast like it was Annie Hullbone it was all these like greats that we, you and I know today, mm-hmm. but if the mm-hmm. listeners don't know, you got to look them up. They're fantastic alumni. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. The energy, everything about it, like it was, it was popular. Like the audience was going crazy and uh, it was like everyone knew everyone almost. Like even the people who've never seen the show before, it's like they're as a part of the show as the cast is. Like it's just one of those mm-hmm. shows. And uh, mm-hmm. everyone on the stage, it just, it just made me so excited uh, about Toronto and sketch and everything that um yeah for years I was like oh that's an untouchable thing that uh, I'm just gonna have to admire from afar <laughs> and all of a sudden auditions came out and I was like I gotta go for this when I was in Toronto film school I I went to several schools while I was uh, in Toronto because uh, <laughs> Humber Comedy turns out it's not it's not enough school for an individual <laughs> <laughs> and listen no shade but at the same time shade all the time um but but yeah so then I auditioned once and I I, I got a call back but I wasn't successful it was Jocelyn Getty was a head writer so she and she's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic she's all over the map with um with Toronto elite comedy like or sketch comedy she's unreal but anyways the second time uh on audition notice came out I was like let's do this because I kind of made it known I'm a little bit of a kiss ass Amanda I think you kind of are you right I feel like me and you kind of share this quality and this isn't a this isn't any disrespect (laughs) at all I think we're just kind of like uh not brown nosy what's the term where we just want to please everyone but we also want people pleasers people pleasers but also we just like yeah we kind of want everybody to buy our charm I mean maybe I'm speaking mm. for both of us too confidently this is definitely what I do though so and I'm I kind of like became a full-out nerd about Skechersons and I would me and Tom Hearn who you know and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know what he's like as well um me and him kind of made a little pact to be like well a, a thing that could help us get into Skechersons 
is going to their shows and like kind of befriending the cast and like being chummy mm. with everybody, which I mean, it wasn't that hard to do because it, it wasn't a chore for us. Like we wanted to do that. Like these are great comedians in Toronto that we wanted to, you know, get closer with, but also the shows mm. were great. So yeah, when it was coming to the second audition time, I was spending more and more time at comedy bar on Sundays, you know, getting to know everybody. So then I was just that more comfortable uh, auditioning. And totally. then yeah. the rest is history. So that was 2017, yeah. like three-ish years ago. And yeah, so it all paid off. Being a nice, slight kiss-ass pays off every <laughs> single time. And don't you ever forget it, kids. <laughs> you know, I don't even... I do. I think of myself as like people pleaser for sure. And like, I want everyone to like me. I think of you as like the opposite. I feel like <laughs> or you are hiding it so I well. Like trick you. you. <gasps> seriously, I, like you come across oh to me gosh. as a person who's just like, I'm myself, I'm gonna have fun. Who's gonna like me? Everybody. If not, too bad. Yes. Like you just have wow. such a fun accepting energy of yourself that I'm like, how is she so confident and she's able to take oh. these risks and just be herself? Amanda, Amanda, I gotta say that is amazing that you've you've read that about me because <laughs> honestly, it means my acting skills are way more You're a amazing. Fucking than amazing I... actor, oh, yeah, that Jeez, Louise. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, it's so funny because I think there there's a lot there's a lot that could be said about someone who has a little bit of that false confidence, but you mm-hmm. know, just kind of goes on and and definitely. Definitely, I faked a couple times where I'm just like, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you mm-hmm. think, and then and then go to bed at night being like, I care what they think. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> who's but like that's who's a showbiz baby? Yeah. Ugh, showbiz. What's like, whose approval or opinion of you do you care about the most? Do you think? Um. Oh, geez. I like everyone. I respect. Like I have. <laughs> I'm like honestly like I'm not even kidding like that uh, my friends mm-hmm. like I have I have a really great group of friends I, I like and I, a lot of my friends these days are also comedians or actors or writers mm-hmm. and uh and if and they like loved me and supported me through a lot and so if I produce any sort of creative thing that I'm a little bit nervous about or you know not trusting completely I shoot it over to them and see what they think and it, it means a lot what they with the what their opinion is about it or you know and mm-hmm. if they love it then I feel that much more better about what I'm putting out there but you know mm-hmm. what I'm gonna say another uh thing uh people whose opinion I value the most which is corny uh but my <laughs> family my parents and uh yeah we're very very close my sister too my sister's like my number one fan but she's very low-key about it like she would never admit mm. that she was because she's too cool <laughs> but uh but yeah they've been so supportive of me since I decided to pursue all this and like since mm-hmm. you know again I was kind of young when I figured out that I want to tell jokes and be funny for professional mm. purposes and uh, <laughs> they've just they've been unreal so um yeah no I, I definitely want to be successful for them and, and whatever they mm. consider to be Success is, well, you know, it's me being happy, but I'll never let that sink into me. I'm still a perfectionist. Um, so yeah, whatever whatever they're proud of or they tell me that is great job, I believe it and I take it to heart and I'm like, that matters to me. But yeah. Mm-hmm. And and can you talk about, um, can you talk about what the experience was like auditioning for Skechersons and what you have to do? Because especially like you mentioned perfectionists, like I think my 
I also have so many like perfectionist tendencies and that has held yeah. me back so many times auditioning for certain things. So, um, yeah. Oh, what absolutely. was the audition process like for Skechersons? So the audition process is we will ask folks to, um, send us email, uh, a sketch that you've written an original sketch and a resume. And then if you get asked into audition, uh, or which everyone does, you all get one, one, live audition um you come in with about three to five minutes of monologues of character monologues uh, that you've are are yours uh, maybe they're impressions of celebrities and what have you but we're looking for original characters as well um and yeah just to be three to five minutes not 35 minutes <laughs> we're not like <laughs> I, I i mumble and yeah like again there's beer involved on my end over here so i don't want to slur and, and make people think that we're, we're getting these poor people to audition once with 35 minutes yeah. or the next time you hold auditions you're like they're like erica this is yeah. because of you yeah, everyone's absolutely. coming in with 35 minutes <laughs> yeah do you remember some of the characters that you did that sounds like literally the scare so a friend of mine auditioned the last round yeah. or maybe two rounds ago and i was like helping him prep and he was showing me his characters and doing it and honestly watching him and he was fucking fantastic but watching him i was like sweating yeah it's it's well you're by yourself and it's like especially if you yeah. don't do solo sketch or you're not alone on stage all the time uh, and this is a panel of of you know, pretty friendly face people, but at the same time, it's mm -hmm. intimidating as hell, especially if you want mm -hmm. it. Like, especially like we can like smell the people who want it a lot and it yeah. makes it that much more like it makes our job hard. And, and cause we we're rooting for everybody who does, who puts mm -hmm. themselves out there like this. But uh, it's, it's amazing when, and when people like show you their talent show, and you never even heard of them before. Sometimes people walk in who I've never even seen around the community and they fucking mm -hmm. like blow you away. And you're just like, wow, I really hate, hope you uh you keep going with this because because mm. uh, you got something kid um yeah yeah it is nerve-wracking totally I remember yeah I, I think I there's some characters in that repertoire that I kind of turned into full-length sketches over the years too mm. uh so yeah I have uh, a president like a student body president character who mumbles like she's incoherent completely I I bring uh, her out quite often yeah she's uh she's a fun one and it's you yeah. did her did you do her at the just for laughs showcase I did yes yeah so okay okay seen, yeah you've seen Michelle Bordeaux that I uh, love the name yeah. Michelle Bordeaux. I know well so that's good. like the best part about sketch comedy to me sometimes is the names like coming up with an like <laughs> we like as a cast like we have a couple of hams in our group well, I mean like everyone to some extent is a ham uh, but uh we just make each other like keel over laughing with some of the names we can come up or what have backgrounds on these characters these side characters that don't even have anything to do with the main sketch but it just it, you can have so much fun with that um but yeah. yeah and then I and then I did some other stuff that wasn't fully baked but I did it with confidence and uh, mm -hmm. and again like the second time I auditioned it seriously made such a difference that I, I knew some of the people that I was auditioning in front of and I kind of it was like you know it's all good win or lose like it's uh <laughs> it's my friends it's a collective that I really respect if I'm not ready I'm not ready it's not it's not mm -hmm. a you know a, a huge um you know punch to my gut at this time and like you know you just gotta trust the process as they say mm -hmm. but, it, but it did make a difference with my comfort and my anxiety to just be like you know what i I would love if I got this but if I don't then I just I'm gonna keep doing it and go harder Wow. Yeah. And, and it seems like it's, is it, 
it seems easy to you to like not take it personally. Like you said, if I'm not ready, I'm not ready. And sort of it's okay if, if they're if they think I'm not ready. Yeah. Whereas I would be like, Oh my god, they think I suck. Like that's where I would go. <laughs> well, listen, I'm not I'm not, not a superhero. I obviously think that they <laughs> thoughts first. Like that's when I come out of an audition and you know, I, I see like uh you know all about the the casting like the acting like freaking mm-hmm. auditions, you know, for commercials and all that. I just started that's new territory for me. I just got an agent mm. uh like last year and started doing that sort of I've never booked a single thing but and those auditions are so much like I would much rather audition my five minute set for any sort of uh like panel than than go in and say two lines for a Doritos commercial like those like oh my god I'm the opposite like I'm like give me whether it's two lines for a commercial audition or like a tv audition give me like five pages I would rather do that than here is one minute of, of like original monologues content. that you wrote. Yeah. I think it's the original content because oh I go in, gosh, I think that's what it is. Oh my God. It ter- that part terrifies me. And even like the pitching process, what you talked about, like, and I'm so, uh, Patrick is another cast member of Skechersons and I, I, work oh, with Patrick, Patrick. So I like, love him. And I have chatted with him a bit about Skechersons. And I remember saying like, I could, if I would, I would die. I think in a pitch meeting, no. like I think I would die. I think it's, uh, it's no. this. No, seriously, it's the same die. reason. Like people, <laughs> I love like reality TV, and I have fully yeah. said like I people like go on Big Brother. Like I could not because if I go in and people, oh, yeah. no. I would crumble under any sort of like social rejection. I would die. Like, absolutely, I'm with you 100 percent about the reality TV thing. Like I've gotten a couple of times just from like friends as a joke. Like they're yeah. totally uh, kidding, but at the same time, I kind of, I kind of think about it afterwards. As they say that I should be on The Bachelor. Like sometimes I'll be like, Erica, <gasps> you you need to go on The Bachelor. I and, love to uh, see that. And I don't even watch The Bachelor. I'm not too much of a huge fan, but they say yeah. it and it kind of lands with me. And then I think about it. I'm like, could I do it? Could I be on The Bachelor? And I think about it for about five minutes, you know, how fun it would be to kind of be that character that's like, everyone here is crazy. Like, or yeah. you know, kind of being yeah. a professional booth being like, I don't even want to be here. Like, but I'm just here for the, the ride, baby. Um, yeah. but, but with the simplest sort of nudge from producers that want to create drama or, you know, castmates or whatever, and, and the devastation mm. of rejection from every which way, that would absolutely break me. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I 110% could not keep up the facade of this doesn't matter. I'm just here for fun. It's like, no, like, it doesn't matter. The environment that is, you know, that hostile sort of anxiety riddled place, like auditioning mm-hmm. and, and being in a place where you're kind of competing for a certain thing. Oh, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't survive in that. Especially when everyone's watching you too. Like everyone, everyone, uh, like everyone's watching you crumble. And it's like, yeah. That's, oh that's, my God. That adds to it Oopie. so much more. So it's just like, yeah, I'm not too much of a reality TV girl, but when I watch it, I'm yeah. like, you know what? Mad respect because this is them having a breakdown in front of <laughs> like a massive audience. Millions like of people, and their breakdown is like edited. So who the hell knows what it actually was? Yeah, oh, they are now God. tweaking it in their own way. But like you know, when you talk yeah. about that, and you're like they're competing for the same thing. When I think about a pitch meeting, I mean, of course, I know. Okay, first of all, I have never been in a Skechersons pitch meeting, but I would bet money that it is way more like you feel way more respected and cared for than reality TV. So that is not like yeah. a comparison. No, but, but I, I get the tone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of like in a pitch meeting where I'm presenting ideas 
And then to yeah. have, especially my peers, like I, I've said, like audience members don't scare me. I'm fine to bomb in front of an audience member. I'm fine to fall flat, whatever. But my peers, if I'm in a pitch meeting and I'm like, here are my ideas. And then they got shut down. I yeah. don't know. How, how do you bounce back? Or how do you feel when you're in pitch meetings? I guess it's not even a thought for me because like to describe like especially the Skechersons pitch room if we're specifically talking mm. about the Sunday Night Live pitch room yeah that, that's like walking into a warm pool and everyone's like nonchalant some people have a beer with them like it's such a chill chill setting that yeah mm-hmm. sometimes your sketches don't get a ton of laughs or they don't hit or but that's when our peers like the people who are pitching said sketches They'll preface before they even pitch and say, guys, I didn't have a lot of time this week. I was really tired when I wrote this. Like, sorry. Mm. Like, this is, they, they, kind of, they kind of downplay their, their idea in the first place. So if it smacks and people are just like, oh, my gosh, it's so funny. I can't believe you wrote that with little time. Or if it falls flat, then people are like, oh, that makes sense. You didn't have any time or you're tired. Mm. But, uh, but, yeah, for the most part, like, everyone is just happy that you're holding up your, your end of, of – being a part of the cast which is doing the work mm. and like um, uh, um yeah it doesn't matter the content sometimes like sometimes you're gonna come in with some gold and sometimes it's not gold and that's just the world but uh and that's all good like we gotta mm-hmm. take a step back and let our peers have their spotlight that week and then come back with more fresh ideas the next week and that's mm-hmm. the thing about a weekly show too is like you kind of get used to that sort of like soft rejection like it's mm-hmm. it's not personal at all it's it's for you you like because deep down everybody wants the show to be great like everybody mm-hmm. wants that Sunday show to be the best representation of everybody in that cast so if you're go- coming at it at the angle of well it's it's not gonna be the best show because my precious sketch isn't in it it's like well then you're, <laughs> you're you need to take a step off the friggin' horse there sir yeah hi you're too high up there. <laughs> You're too high on that horse. I think my fear would be like, I think my fear would be like, I auditioned, they let me in, and now every pitch meeting, they regret casting me. You know what I mean? <laughs> but oh, but no. actually what you said is like really interesting, and like I hadn't really thought about it, is like uh, when you are creating it every week, you do. You become less precious about your ideas, and you see that they're ideas, they're not representations of who you are. Whereas exactly. for me, I think a lot of the time the fear of being mediocre or awful I actually allow that to hold me back from creating at all so that I'm creating less so when I do create there's so much pressure that like this better be good you know what I mean versus if I told myself you have to write something once a week or or once every other day I'm just gonna write it and then I don't care as much if people think it's great because I have so much so much other material I'm creating well yeah creating mass amount of content uh, in any field but for me and you comedy related uh Mm -hmm. it's the best case scenario Mm because sometimes you just got to throw it out there and see what sticks to the wall and uh and sometimes it's the stuff that you least expected that wasn't necessarily your favorite jam in your pile but everyone else loves it it's just like okay what a shock and then the stuff that Mm. you kind of were married to is kind of like uh edit it a little bit more pitch it again the next time uh, like yeah. that's, that's also what we do at, at Skechersons too is uh, it, it, you can repitch a sketch that you really like that didn't get in the show that week a million times like I mean mm-hmm. uh, the rule the kind of unspoken rule is like repitch it three times and if it still doesn't get in the show after <laughs> the three weeks you yeah. pitched it, then, then probably let it die 
But, yeah, yeah. But a huge ongoing joke with us too is just repitching the shit out of something that just wasn't really working, but was funny for us. It's kind of an inside whatever, and we put it up at the show, and sometimes it does great, and some most times though the audience is like, "What the hell was this chance?" They <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. That's all good. That's like, kind of the magic of it too. Yeah, it's all good. We definitely yeah. pat each other on the back for for trying, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Well. And in being in being a sketch writer in general, like I know not just at Sketchersons, but like I said before, you create sketch outside of it solo and with Tom. So I'm curious in working in sketch comedy, like how much pressure do you feel to stay on top of what's happening in like the news and politics and popular culture? Like I would feel pressure to know everything about everything. Oh my God. No, take that hat right off. Because uh, <laughs> there's different styles, right? Like I am not a politically charged comedian like I don't have mm-hmm. I don't have a hot POV <laughs> every, mm-hmm. every like my, my, most of my characters and most of the like sketch style that I, I write is outlandish characters in a circumstance like you know like it's all I don't know yeah like it, it's more character based that that's uh, kind of quirky whatever crazy scenario uh, more than more than a public figure that I'm making fun of or you know someone that's you know in Twitter news or uh, or yeah, like you said, political, it's just like, that's just not my brain. That's not my mm-hmm. wheelhouse. And that absolutely, we have other people in the cast or people in my uh, troops and whatever that, that will take that challenge and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, pull it off. And it's always so great. That's some of my favorite sketch or comedy to watch sometimes is the, is the stuff that has an opinion that you agree with, but you just couldn't articulate yourself and you're watching it yeah. done so well. It's making you think it's making you laugh. Like, that's the stuff that, oh, I think that's fucking art. Like, I, I love watching when, when that uh, that uh, unfolds on stage in front of me. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, gotta, I, I took that pressure off myself a long time ago when I was like, how do I do that? How do I make myself that type of writer and that type of performer? Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, I'm good for different things. And I, it's not that I'm never going to try. Like, I do try and write the political piece or the, the, you know, relevant thing in the news every now and then, especially when it speaks to me. But mm-hmm. if it doesn't speak to me, if it's not, you know, dragging me in like into a great idea space, then I let it go. Other people will pick up that slack for sure. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely gave that up a long time ago because I was just like, this isn't my voice. Like this isn't like I know it's important. And, and like I said, I think it's magic when it's done really well. But, you know, it's just not my forte. And, and or right now, like I'm uh, I'm a young buck. Right. So I, I <laughs> Yeah. I have the time to get into news and like what's, mm-hmm. what's going on. I, I'm just a little child right now. So I, I'm allowed to be like selfish and in my own crazy world of all that for a bit more. And then mm-hmm. I'll read a newspaper. I promise. Well, also maybe forever you're allowed to do that. I, I, I just, I don't know. I love the notion that, cause you're right. I didn't realize it till you said it like that. I guess I'm basically expecting me to be all the types of comedians and oh, be able yeah. to, be all the styles and it's like what I actually remember so Alex Kalenko um we wrote something with a group of us like a while ago and I remember we were having a pitch meeting and again honestly Eric there was like five of us we were pitching around ideas for like a short film and I I could have I in my head I was like could I make myself have like, could I make myself pass out with just my brain power because I don't want to be at this pitch meeting because I don't feel like I have any good ideas? It was right awful. I, oh, and, I, and, and I knew I knew everyone at the pitch meeting. Like, it, there was nobody new, but we had been put into a group. We didn't choose it. 
And I felt so lucky. The people that I got, um, like Sam Ralston, Jeffrey Cork, Alex Kulenko. Was it the 24 uh, hour sketch challenge or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And with, um, Devin Henderson, it was with the, um, Zohabe had put together, we had to make a short oh, film and yeah, then he yeah. made a festival out of it. Yeah. And oh, I felt cool. so lucky to just be put in a group. Um, those, those to... people being mentioned are unreal. I love all those people. Unreal. And I think yeah. in the beginning, I was a little nervous that I would be put with people I didn't know. But then I was like, oh, I know them and I respect the sh- fuck out of all of them. Yeah. And yeah. I remember there was a point where Alex was pitching ideas that I thought, like, I would never think of that. Like, we have such different styles. And immediately, mm-hmm. and I thought it they were so hilarious. And I remember immediately being like, oh, I am less of a comedian than Alex Kalenko. Oh. There was no thought in my head of like, oh, he brings that and I'll bring this. Like, he's the right. salt, I'm the pepper. It was just like, oh, right. he's a comedian and I'm a piece of shit. Like, that's what I thought of immediately. Listen, and the way you I, said yeah. it makes so much more sense. I would, but like, I I would be an absolute silly, silly head if I, if I went ahead and said, <laughs> I never felt like that in my life. Like you, you're speaking, mm. like, you know, like your experiences, I've never had that myself. No, of course I, of course. Like, and it's, it's a continuing thing. Like, but one of my good friends and, uh, and wise, wise old lady, just kidding. No, she's not <laughs> old. She's very young. Uh, Jillian Bartolucci <laughs> once said this quote that I don't know who said it first, but anyways, doesn't matter. She once said that comparison is a thief of joy and Mm. I just think that's so like that rings so true like especially with uh I don't know maybe I'm out of line here but women women obviously have a a tendency to compare to compare to like uh their friends and their peer and their superiors and and maybe the people that are just uh, like like seem to be doing so well and and they Mm -hmm. put the pressure I mean, everyone, this is a universal feeling, but I, I just feel like that's sort of built into us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I absolutely have had that, that hat on or that weight on my shoulders to be like, wow, okay. So um, I don't know what the hell I've been doing the last seven years. Cause obviously it wasn't comedy. Cause I, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a sheep and like, I just follow the flock and I'm just, you know, I'll never stand out enough and whatever. And then that voice finally shuts the fuck up and I'm allowed to do my thing and, and be yeah. the, 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 the whatever shining star that I, I want to be that time. But it's, it, but you it are, is, yeah. that, that voice can be fucking loud sometimes. And, and when, it, when yeah. you're around people who are like-minded, but you know, they're quicker to the punch. Yeah. It totally can get to you. And you're just like, Oh, I, I can't be quick like that. Or I can't, you know, put my uh, head in that space. So shit, I guess that means I'm stupid. <laughs> it's just like, no, yeah. If you're thinking like that, that's all good. What you need to do is take a step back. Just take a step back for yeah. a minute. Take a couple breaths, you know, have a mantra or whatever is your shit. Uh, look mm-hmm. on fucking Instagram. I don't know. Look on your phone. Do something crazy. And <laughs> then get back. Then, you know, come back in for like with fresh eyes and, and try like and understand that. Yeah. Your voice, of course, isn't going to be Alex Kalenko's because your voice is Amanda Pereira's. Like it's not going to yeah. be someone else. It's not going to come out as what they would think because you're not them and, and that, mm-hmm. and that your voice and your opinion and your whatever magic you bring to the table is just as important. Mm. Mm. What do you, yeah. what are your, I, I did, that was my sound of like, I'm taking that in. I, I love that. that, back I, love to that. Myself. I, took, I took that moment <laughs> to take a sip of beer. I love that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, sipping on my Corona. Um, what do you, what do you do or what do you utilize to 
like tell that voice to shut up? Do you, do you use mantras? Do you like, how do you, when you're in that position and that spot yeah. where you're like, I'm really down on myself, how do yeah. you scratch your way out of it? Well, it's, uh, I'm in therapy as well. We, we love talking about mm-hmm. therapy. Uh, you and love I, 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 I love good therapy, but I'm learning, like I've been, you know, seeing my therapist for about three years. Um, but I'm still, there's still so much I have to learn uh, about like those little tools that you add to your toolkit every single time you clock in and check in with yourself. But I, yeah. I got like, I, it's still sometimes a task. And so today when I get into that zone of um, anxiety and doubt and all that, um, I do the gratitude thing. Like I kind of do a gratitude check of the things that I have in my life that I, that I'm, I'm so happy and thankful that I have. And, you know, it, it takes, sometimes it takes a lot of effort and I'm going to be honest. I never write them down. Like that's kind of the whole task is you got to write them down, like make a list mm. that you can read back to yourself of the, the things that you're grateful for. Uh, usually it's for before bed or whatever. Like that's what the advice is. But sometimes to pull myself out is uh, just try to create a blank image in your head and then once you're kind of picturing the blankness, think of all the things that you have in your life that you're you're so happy with. Like maybe it's not yourself mm. and your career right now. Maybe you're not happy with that. And that's all good. Like you're you don't have to be fucking over the top proud of yourself all the time because that's inhuman. Like we all gotta have that little bit of chip on our shoulder to to keep going mm. and to to like try harder. Um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah, I definitely, you know, want to think of all the things that I'm so lucky to have and uh, and pull myself out of that kind of gross <laughs> fear cave of uh, yeah. fear. Because uh, failure is such a theme in, in so many artists' lives. It's just like, yeah, if you let that, you know, voice take over the entire wheel, then uh, then you're you're not going to you're not going to be, uh, do well, you know, you gotta, you gotta mm-hmm. find, find what works for you. So yeah, talking to my therapist, talking to my friends, I love, you know, obviously when I'm just alone and I got to be alone, then I try to look inward and, and see what's, uh, what's up. And maybe I got to accept or face something that's actually making me upset that I just wasn't saying before or admitting before mm-hmm. that was making me upset. And that mm-hmm. was kind of projected into why I was, you know, anxious about a show or a creative thing. It's like, oh, it wasn't even about the show or the creative thing. It was about this that I just haven't dealt with yet. You know, sometimes, mm. it's, it's, sometimes it's that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm a talker. I'm a talker. I'm a sharer. And I, I love, it's kind of pitching, pitching my my thoughts and my feelings to uh, friends and, and loved ones and, you know, seeing what they say back. And sometimes they have the best advice in the world and they're just all soothing and all knowing. And it, and it cures me. And other times I got to do the work myself and that's all good. And I, I obviously I'm going to do that work uh, because I think that's important and I hope everyone else does too. Mm. My God, this might be the, I will say like <gasps> drinking makes me very sentimental. So yes. this might be the Corona, the beer Corona talking right now, <laughs> but I shouldn't say this might be my beer, to, my beer consumption talking. But when you were talking, I was just like, immediately when you said that I was like oh my god I am so what I'm grateful for right now is like I'm so grateful that you'd be so generous in your conversation with I'm just really grateful that I'm talking to you I'm being oh, Sue's too sentimental I need to no, move on I'm being too no no I no, do not feel guilty or shame for admitting that beautiful truth like I, I'm all I'm all good with that that's so amazing and you know to be honest like I like I I kind of took off the the walls or like took down the walls of um mm. of being kind of scared of what side of myself to show to people 
And mm. over a podcast, it's very easy to kind of talk and, and talk about nothing, talk in circles about yourself and your journey and whatever, without thinking of the consequences, because there's no one else around. But mm. at the same time, I'm kind of at a place in my life where it's just like, you know, I don't care. Like if I get a, a comment or a message from someone being like, I really hated that podcast you did. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's like freaking cool. That's awesome that I elicited yeah. a feeling from you that was so strong. Like, I, I'm sorry. Mm. Like, you know, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, I, I can't even put my head in that space. Like, cause it's just like, who cares? I'm, I'm having a great conversation with a friend and this is the stuff I know the best is, is my, myself and, and, you know, my comfort zone and, and comedy. Like mm. that's the shit I'm kind of the expert on for me right now. So it's, if I'm talking about it freely and openly, then that's just what I'm feeling in the moment. So yeah. bring it on, baby. Yeah. God, that's such an, it's, it's such an interesting part of it because when I first started this, like the, the big thing that was holding me back was like fear of what my guests would think, because these are all women who like, not only do I admire, but who intimidate the fuck out of me. And so I, it like, honestly, it's it's taken me years. Like I've been, anyway, it's taken me years to start this. I've been following the podcast. Like I've been following all the accounts that you've made, you know, to promote this awesome thing. And, uh, and I love, I love your vulnerability and your, comment or your caption saying like this this is why I didn't say yes before like this is what was holding mm. me back before and now it's like you know everyone's always gonna blame timing like the timing's not right the timing yeah not right. And totally but when you finally kicked at that to the curb and understand that you know you're kind of you have more control than you than you thought you had and then mm-hmm. say like I get to control what the timing is good for or bad for I get to control like you know uh, if I'm proud about this or scared about this or whatever, like you, you have more power than you think you do. And so I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm freaking along for the ride. This is awesome. And I'm proud of you. And like, yeah, like this is such a cool project for you. And I'm kind of like curious to have this experiment myself is your interview, you're picking people that you, like you said, intimidate you or, or, you yeah. know, kind of, kind of like you look up to or idolize in some sort of way. But what an amazing little project to conquer that fear and to realize eh? that we're also human and we're also just like, I mean, and this is, I'm kind of, this is such an out-of-body experience for me to talk about myself in a way that I'm all of a sudden the intimidating figure. Like that's- Yeah, it's like very meta. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's so crazy to me because I, (laughs) like, I, I, I'm a big softie. I I don't, I don't consider myself a hard, you know, person to get to know or or Mm -hmm. approach, but, um, but yeah, for the other people, I've seen all the other guests on your show too. And I'm just like, oh my God, that's great that they did that. That's amazing. And of course, mm-hmm. we're going to say yes. Of course, we're going to do this uh, journey with you. And mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool to adopt for myself to be a little bit more mm-hmm. confident, walk up to that performer, that person who I don't know from Adam, but I just want to go say, hey, I'm Erica. I really like your shit. I'm not going to, you know, take up more of your time, but I'm just going to say like, I-, I-, I like what you do and I'm, you know around (laughs) yeah yeah I want to I'm gonna connect with you yeah it's like it's just the I'm gonna connect with you because I want to you know it's it's been awesome yeah I gotta say over the years like I've been doing this shit and trying my best for yeah six and a half seven years I I've made friends from doing that like I've I've made Mm. some good friends from just walking up to them being like I really liked what you do. I saw your online thing, or I, I know you don't know me, but a friend of mine works with you, blah, 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 whatever the excuse is. But hey, let's have a beer at Comedy Bar. Let's kind of have this, because everybody, every single one of us, we're all lying to ourselves if we don't want to hear that. Like if we don't want to yeah. hear a stranger likes us. Like that's, that's yeah. absolutely, 
Yeah, no kid, like, you know, low grade, like, freaking Canadian comic doesn't want to hear that. Like, that's, this, this yeah. is what we're doing it for. But, uh, but yeah, and then all of a sudden, those people ask me to work with them, or, or we're running in the same circle of some extent. And, you know, that that's amazing. It just becomes less intimidating every time you put yourself out there like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because the putting myself out there, like me saying, hey, Erica, let's grab a drink. That part yeah. to me isn't super hard. It's the if you say yes and we have a drink, now I have to be interest. I have to be worth your time for like oh, an hour. Ah, yes, yes. That part, like I always say to like the audition is not scary. Getting the job is scary because now I have to live up to you what casting you, me. Yeah, you won. Yeah, you kind yeah. of won them over in that one instance. Yeah. And now you kind of have to hold it up. Oh my God, totally relatable. I absolutely uh, understand that. Um, yeah, committing. Committing to the bit yeah. is a, a, a huge saying in comedy. Uh, committing to the yeah. bit. Uh, and so it's kind of like that when you when you ask someone out on a date even. Like, I'm so bad at asking people out in a romantic mm. way that mm-hmm. when it happens, I'm just like, oh, they said yes. Oh, I, I wasn't ready for the follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. I have to either be myself or think of something really quick that I think they'll like better than myself and, and, and act like that <laughs> and whatever. And it's just like, it always fails. Obviously I have no other, like I'm, I'm so transparent with my, with how mm. I uh, come off to others that it's just like, even if I wanted to try and please someone else by pretending to be someone I'm not, I couldn't do it. Like it's just uh, eventually mm. the loud kind of quirky, whatever <laughs> person in me comes out. It's like, Hey, do you want to hear the story of the time that I ripped my kneecap off and I had surgery? And people are like, what the fuck? Like that was, that was so crazy. But yeah, I guess I'm here for the story now. And it's like, Ugh. then I started, I stopped kind of feeling the shame about that a long time ago. Cause it's just like, Oh, I'm going to tell the loud story. I'm going to be the person that laughs or cackles at someone else too hard. And you know, mm-hmm. it's all good. That's, that's what it is. But yeah, putting yourself out there, committing to, you know, the fact that people like you and that, that you're going to have to just face that is, yeah. is, that is like accepting that people find you endearing or charming is, is so hard for me sometimes. I'm like, what? Me? But I'm a meatball covered in clothes. Like, I don't know. I don't know how that, uh, that you, you think I'm this and that, but I guess you do. And I guess I'm going to have to start believing it myself, which is, you know, in itself, inspiring. Yeah, that's so true. I think that's actually the step is just like, because exactly what you're saying, like, oh, I guess I'm going to cackle and talk about my kneecap. If I'm sitting at comedy bar or bad dog <laughs> theater and I see you doing that, those are the things where I'm like, fuck, I wish I could cackle and talk about my kneecap. But you're over there being like, God damn it. Why am I talking about my kneecap again? Yeah, it's, so it's it, so- it really is like, just, you're right. It's like, okay, I guess I better just start believing it then. Fuck. Like, yeah. that's the only thing stopping is just if I ask Erica for a drink and she says yes, no, I don't have to prove that I'm worthy of a drink. I just have to accept yeah. that I'm worthy of a fucking drink. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like that people, yeah, find your personality something that they want to get to know or mesh with. And, and, and over a drink is always the easiest way to mm-hmm. kind of get to know someone and have that kind of uh, nervous tick of just simply taking a sip of a beverage that's that's amazing that's amazing that's all you need to to buffer in between any sort of uh conversation that's making you that's why people get hammered when they uh when they go out on dates and stuff when they go out on dates oh god like uh, you're a stranger i don't know you let's get drunk and see what happens and it's just like that's 
probably not the healthiest way, but at the same time, I for sure get that. Uh, 100%. Um, I have like a weird question to ask you. I wanted to ask you about your tattoo on your wrist. Can I ask you about that? Is it weird? <gasps> oh my gosh, this is so fun. Yeah, of course you can ask me about it. Okay, so, okay, yeah. cool. Because I saw, I know you have that. And then I saw, I remember you posted like you were performing in Montreal or something and you got a tattoo on your finger. And I'm like, oh, oh yes. so how many tattoos do you have? Or like, what, what was your first one? Yay. We're talking about tattoos. This is the last yeah. one. And I'm just like, oh, not comedy or work. This is great. Uh, but at the same time, everything, <laughs> everything we've been talking about is awesome. But yes, tattoos. So I have five tattoos. Five. Okay. Um, yeah, my first one I ever got was on my ribs. <laughs> Such a bold. Such oh, a wow. When I was yeah. in high school, I was in like grade 12 and my sister's two years older than me. So she was first year. Oh, no, maybe I was in grade 11. She was first year college. Um, and we have this like skeleton key, like those old timey keys. Um, oh, yeah. On our ribs. And we kind of looked up a little design that we liked uh, uh, for to incorporate all my family's birth dates like we there's four of us there's my mom my dad my sister and myself and we kind of have everybody's birth dates in there so there's a two Aww. eights like my my dad and my sister are born on the eighth so there's a celtic sort of knot you know those figure uh kind of infinity. oh yeah the infinity oh. signs yeah so they're overlapping yeah. together, which is like the two eights and then my mom's born on the seventh so that's kind of the body of the key and the and the you know the take the little the key part is the seven. You know, you know how keys are. Yeah. It's so funny. I'm actually like drawing it out in the air as we speak. And I'm just like, no one can see this. Um, it's totally then, making sense though, the way you're explaining yeah. it. And then I got a heart on my finger. Uh, what, my, on my right hand, I have a little heart tattoo. I got that when I was in like, oh God, Porta Plata, Dominican. <laughs> Yeah, I was on a senior grad trip. Uh, maybe some folks will know it as S trip. I don't know if that rings any bells. I'm, I'm, it does I'm, ring bells. Yes. Yeah. So I was my trip organizer because, again, a uh, little bit of a kiss ass, but I just wanted to party <laughs> and also have the kiss ass uh, title. So it's just like, yeah, I organized <laughs> this whole thing. Give, give, like, bow down to me, but also let's get fucked up. Um. So yeah, I got pretty drunk and I was like, I know a place that does tattoos and this guy who didn't speak any English just sucked on a lollipop the whole time, gave me a heart tattoo on my finger. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> and yeah, amazing. I didn't walk away with hepatitis B or, or tetanus, anything. So it was, you know, yeah. and, uh, and now it's a cute little tattoo, a cute little memory. And then my third tattoo is on my ribs again, on the other side of my ribs. I have an origami dog, an origami oh. style uh, border collie dog. Uh, and that was like a memoriam tattoo for my first dog, Casey, who, mm. RIP, was the best dog ever. Um, mm. Yeah, it was so crazy. Like, I, I was like, oh, God, I was in Toronto. I was like 20, 21 at the time. And for some reason, I had enough money at the time to just spend it on a tattoo. Like, I, I don't even <laughs> – in the last year of, uh, you know – working my ass off at my full time and, and doing like, you know, the art stuff and, uh, and, you know, spending any little money I had on, uh, on festival submissions or, you know, my rent obviously and, and supporting myself. I'm like, I can't believe I at one point had enough money 
to get a tattoo. That's fucking crazy <laughs> for a kid to just be like, can't wait to get my sleeve touched up. It's like you're fucking 22 and you have a you can afford a tattoo sleeve. Yeah, it's that's, expensive. That's insane. You live at home and your parents are loaded, and that's no disrespect. I'd load myself up with tattoos too if I had that. But like, holy shit, you gotta be. <laughs> You got to be some type of wealthy to just be covered in tattoos. Uh, it's so true. It's, it's so much more expensive than I knew. I don't have any because I uh, don't have the guts to get any, but I want tattoos. And when okay. I see people, I'm like, I wonder how expensive together. it is. Yeah. Oh, my okay. gosh. I got so yeah. nervous. Oh, no. It would be no. so cool. Figure out something tasteful that you like and whatever. Yeah. And you're just whenever that is. That could be next year that could be five years 10 years you just give me a call I, I love this oh. I love being a part of someone's journey to get like oh. a tattoo or, or a piercing I'm like there I'm just like let's do it girl <laughs> it's, uh, it's like I'm very like I'm a I'm a teenager at heart all the time um oh. and then yeah so I got the dog and then I have oh fuck before the dog I got the wrist tattoo so you asked about my mm. wrist tattoo the yeah wrist tattoo, what does it mean so it, for listeners who haven't seen my wrist, uh, it says B. <laughs> it's a little typewriter ink, and it's tiny little font on my left wrist, and it says me, M-E, with a little speckle or whatever. Uh, the guy was like, oh, you're a writer. I'll do the typewriter font, and then I'll do the ink splatter as well. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't fucking care. It was in Etobicoke. It was like next to the like residence of Humber. It was like just this fucking trash tattoo parlor. And I, I had like at the, um, oh, what was the bar called? Oh, I loved it so much. TJ O'Shea's maybe? It was TJ O'Shea's at one point. It might have changed his name. But uh, but it was like this little tiny Irish pub in, in, uh, on uh, Lakeshore Boulevard in Etobicoke. And they their house wine. Their house wine was just fireball. Like it was the best. It was the best. Like oh, me and my friends would just get tanked there. It was like the oldest, oldest, most like decrepit clientele. Like everyone was just like happy to have a Guinness there and listen to the news or music that was happening to be playing. The news or music. Yeah, honestly, like it was such, it wasn't a youth bar. Like there was like very few of those type of like frosh sort of bars near the college. But that was the bar that I had the most fun in. Like, it was, like, just me and, like, one other young person. And then everyone else was absolutely a senior and uh, just living their dream with Fireball and and Guinness. Uh, So I chugged a a pint of Guinness. It was for my 19th birthday or something, 20, yeah, no, it was 19th. And I wanted this tattoo. I wanted me. I wanted the tattoo me on my finger. So I'll give you the background of, uh, of why I yeah. wanted it because uh, I regret it so much now. But at the same time, it has a cute meaning. I, I stick by the meaning, but I just, it didn't have to be a tattoo, you know? Um, <laughs> so I was working at Humber as a promotional assistant. I got a job working for the college and, uh, and we were hosting an event one time and another promotional assistant from another campus, like the North campus or whatever, he, he was there and he was this really cool dude who was like athletic and like just had the best hair and had all these tiny intricate tattoos like all over his like arms and his he had a couple near his neck and stuff and I was just like fascinated by it I was like oh my god I just want to get to know this guy and his tattoos anyways (laughs) I like I I love tattoos if anyone knows anything (laughs) about me I love a good scar 
I love a good scar story and I love tattoos. <laughs> like, again, I will absolutely listen. If it's a 45 minute story, I'm fucking hunkering down and I'm there for 45 minutes, you know? But uh, anyways, this guy who was kind of like a hipster, very kind of like, oh God, probably was like right into crystals and just like those beads, those balancing bead bracelets and all and whatever. And that's just like his style. And I, I fucking love that. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's a bit much for me. Uh, so he starts going on. He starts going on about his next tattoo. He's like, okay, I want, I love these tiny tattoos, but my next tattoo, I was going to get it uh, about my mom because I, I wanted someone who uh, who uh, means a lot to me who I look up to who I want the most for and I was I was thinking of who this could be and whatever and he's like uh you know and at the end of the day I, I thought of myself like I want the most and I look up to the most like me like I, I want me to do well and I want me to be happy and so I'm gonna get like a me tattooed on like you know whatever he said like his ear or his fucking inside his nostril I don't know but um <laughs> but I was like like 19 year old Erica was like, oh, that is so touching. I love that. That's so I'm gonna steal that idea from you. Oh my god. And then <laughs> cut to a couple months later, I'm like 19 full of adrenaline think I'm never gonna die. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm gonna get that tattoo that me tattoo because I, I just I love that meaning. And, uh, and this tattoo parlor that I mentioned, uh, yeah, didn't do finger tattoos. They refuse to do finger tattoos. A lot of places, oh. a lot of places refuse to do them uh, just because they wear off over time and whatever. But I have two finger tattoos now, and they're like one of them's almost eleven years old, and it's fucking not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, some people are fucking weird about that. Anyways, he insisted uh, that it can't be done, so I was like, okay, maybe if you make it really small, it can go on my wrist. He's like, well, it can't be small, it can't be small. That, that tiny tattoo like that. Uh, it can't it can't be that small because like that's just not how and he was this fucking like all of my tattoos every single experience has been amazing like the artist mm. with conversation I've been with good company like it's always been you know maybe they're not the best tattoos like they're very basic whatever you want to say but I've always had a great story alongside like getting those tattoos the me tattoo oh my god first of all the artist uh hated female comedians Said that what? he not, yeah yeah he said he's like yeah I hate female comedians because they always talk about their periods. <laughs> and, okay, and what was, is this? What, yeah. This is like an actual argument, and it drives me crazy because I'm like, yeah. well, how many male comedians talk about their dicks? And like, I'm not yeah. complaining about that. Absolutely. Oh my god, it's it's crazy. Oh my it was, god, it was wild, and it was like just kind of out of the gate before he even put the needle on my skin. He starts like just. Uh, being so he had no other clients or people waiting in line to get a tattoo that day but he was so impatient he was rushy and pushy like he kind of like that's why I felt like I'm like okay I guess I'll just get it on my wrist because like he was like well what's it gonna be are you gonna get it or are you gonna not get it and I was like oh what the? and I was like okay um anyways and then yeah I was just like he's like what what's your story what do you do like he was so bored of me and like and I was like well <laughs> Well, I, I want to be a writer. Like, I want to be a writer for comedy. And I go I go to Humber, and he's like, yeah, good luck. Like, you're not... <laughs> he's like... Fucking, oh, my God. The worst fucking guy in the world. And then, yeah, he he's like, well, if you're a writer, do you want me to do, like, the fucking writer, like, ink shit, whatever? And I was like, I don't care. Like, I honestly just want this experience to be over at this point. 
But yeah, and then he's just like, uh, he's like, well, this is pretty stupid. This is a stupid tattoo. Like he was like dissing the tattoo, like every time, like I as he's it. doing it, like yeah, yeah, clearly, like, like no yeah. integrity in his own art. Because Absolutely. why are you doing a tattoo that you hate, or like oh, as a business, like what the yeah. hell? And he was like, well, at least it's not the bird rash. And, like, that's what he called, like, girls that would get, like, the cascading birds tattooed. You know, like, that was really popular. A bird rash? Oh, my God. This guy. He's like, at least it's not the bird rash, I guess. And he was just so rude and such a fucking incel kind of dude that I was just like, I... I just, I don't like the experience. And so it's almost like, yeah, the yeah. it was whatever it was for me at 19. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. all good. But every time I see it, I'm just oh, like, well, now it's kind of mine. And I've made it my, my own, you know, shit. But yeah, it's yeah. very hard to not think about like that fucking dick who's just like, yeah, you're yeah. never going to be successful because uh, I, that, I just know that for a fact. And uh, also, yeah, yeah your, your ideas are stupid and you're so dumb. And it's just like, oh my God, who, who casually talks to? And also I was like a child, like I'm 19 a years kid, old. yeah. By myself, you know, I'm of, of consent finally to just sign the paper myself and whatever and I was just like this sucked like but god I want my first I want my first tattoo I want you to come with me and I want him to do five bird rashes (laughs) on my body that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna make him have to do a whole day and we're gonna get all the female comedians we know and anyone who wants tattoos we're gonna go make him tattoo us oh like white ink like yeah we'll make it really really like yeah oh we'll do everything that we know he hates yeah, exactly. Oh I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not too worried about him. I mean, like he was in Etobicoke and probably lives in a truck somewhere. And you know, let's let's just say very I'm unhappy. Much but... better than he is today. <laughs> Absolutely, much happier. Well, I guess the thing that really scares me about tattoos is like the permanence of it. And when I was growing up, it was always like, you should, you should only get a tattoo if you're gonna love it forever. And I was like, what am I gonna? How do I? How am I going to pick something that I know I'm going to love forever? That's so much pressure. So that's why I've never gotten one. Like, but I don't think it has to be that. No, of course not. Like, I mean, I, I love the way like some arm tattoos look and thigh. I love a good thigh tattoo. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm hesitant on that just because that's an exposed place. Like if I'm doing an audition where I have to show that, like, I mean, like, yeah, I know there's makeup. I know there's shit that can cover it up and stuff. But it's just like, I don't know if that, like, even though I, I love the look of it right now, who knows if I'm going to love that placement forever. It's more about placement yeah. than, than whatever. But uh, so that's why I do the rib cage or the tiny insides of my fingers or, you yeah. know, I want, I want my neck tattoo behind my ear because I'm, uh, I'm deaf in my left ear. You might know this. Do you know this? Oh my God. I didn't know that. You didn't know that. Yeah. I'm completely no. deaf in my left ear. 100% flatline baby have you always yeah. been deaf yes um yeah they didn't find out until I was about two but uh the story uh is that they think that I had my umbilical cord wrapped around my head which ruptured my eardrum as a little tiny Aww. embryo baby and a little oh, yeah. well I don't know any different right like I, it's not yeah. like a genetic accident later on in life caused the deafness it was like this is all I know uh, and so, yeah, no, that's why I am super loud and talk about the side of my mouth and I wait to r- my right side because that's the dominant side. And the hearing aids won't help because, like I mentioned, it's 100% broken. There's no partial deafness. It's completely profound. And so, yeah, I want I want uh, 
for a long time, like when I was like younger, I wanted like the mute symbol tattooed behind my ear. So, so people oh. would get that it was like the deaf one or a little cheeky like joke. But yeah, the thing about that, the mute symbol isn't cute. Like it's not this dainty, <laughs> dainty little design that everyone universally accepts as mute. Like, it's, like, this massive, like, cancellation and this head micro, like, or megaphone sort of symbol. And the, and it's, like, you couldn't make that tiny, like, unless it was stick and poke. Mm. And I don't trust anyone with the stick and poke with, like, with yeah. that. Anyway, so I'm just, like, well, yeah, no, that's stupid. And, and I'm happy I didn't do that when I was younger because I would have regretted that. Bad boy. <laughs> but, uh, but now I'm going to get something that I genuinely like behind my ear, maybe. But. I also, I'm the same. I have no tattoos and I tell anyone who's getting a tattoo I'm like or a piercing, I'm like, can I please come with you? Because I just think it's yeah. so cool. Like, and do that. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Let's do it. I'll get a bunch of bird rashes and you can yeah. get something meaningful behind your ear. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Let's do it. Well, I see like tattoos or even so many things that you're talking about, like going to a show, seeing that you want to be a part of it and saying, okay, I'm going to audition for it. And then not getting in, I'm going to audition again, all these things. Like, it seems like you are quite, maybe not, I don't know. Now I'm questioning, but like, it seems like you are quite comfortable in taking risks or yeah, it seems like, you're, yeah, totally. And I'm wondering, yeah. I'm wondering like, where do you think you get your confidence from in? Cause I think taking a risk does take confidence and faith that like, yeah. I'm going to take this risk and it will be okay. There is that thing. I don't think people take a risk unless they believe it'll be okay or they have nothing to lose yeah. or something. So where do you think your confidence comes from to be able to take these risks in your life, like oh. professionally and personally? Yeah, you're making a lot of sense, and I, I, I know a lot of I, I know a lot of other risk takers that would jump at the at the chance to say that uh, they know it's all gonna work out, that they know for a fact mm. it's all gonna be okay no matter what they do. So let's just do the fucking thing we feel right now in the moment and and go for it. Uh, I don't feel like that, <laughs> but um, so for me, when I take a risk or when I just put myself out there in some vulnerable way, it's like I'm acting first. And I think mm. later. Mm. So I kind of, I have this a little gut uh, that talks to me and, and kind of just pushes me before I'm ready to get pushed. And mm. sometimes, and, and I, I do have to, you know, give that, that gut <laughs> feeling credit uh, for, for a lot of the reasons why things have kind of worked out for me or, or maybe didn't work out, but I was happy I tried it anyways. Uh, because it, it, it pushes me to take the risk in the first place. Cause if I overthink, mm -hmm. I'm a, I am a traditional overthinker. Like I love to toss and turn. And like, even like when I was a kid and, and shopping, if someone gave me $20 and sent me to the mall and said, buy whatever you want, like for your birthday or whatever, because I have so many options and so many choices and I, I don't know what I need. I don't know what's practical, but and also the thing I want might not be practical. So why, why do I want it? Why would I use it? I would be in the mall for probably 10 hours, maybe, maybe even walking away with not even getting anything for myself with that 20 bucks. Cause I was oh just God, I, yeah. I, I'm overcome with, uh, with thinking, thinking over uh, things too much. 
and, mm-hmm. uh, and breaking down what makes sense and, and getting anxious and, and just becoming altogether upset. And, and I always, like my, my sister always said, I always have buyer's remorse, like just on the, along the topic of like, yeah, if that happens <laughs> for you uh, and you get to buy yourself a treat or a reward or something like that. And I, I, I finally settle on something. I'm like, oh God, I don't need, like, you know, I always have all these regrets, but it's because <laughs> I let myself think too much. Uh, and mm. so with the risk taking and, and kind of, you know, just fucking sitting back and letting, you know, whatever, uh, take charge for a minute. Um, it's led to some of the best decisions I've made. And like, and, and sometimes that's mm. kind of like, yeah, it's best to, I mean, obviously it's a part of me to overthink. Like it's definitely, a, a, a trait that I carry that I got to accept and manage at whatever pace that's, you know, comfortable for me, but also, mm to sit back and to have the ability to turn that, that off just for a second and then see what happens if you just took that chance or said yes, or, you know, went on that spur of the moment trip or did whatever, like that's the stuff we all want to do deep down. Like that's the stuff that I think a lot of independent kind of free spirited people uh, at heart want to be able to do, but they let their lives and practicality and logic and everything uh, change their mind before it's even made up. Uh, if that makes if that makes any sense but yeah uh, yeah but but yeah I think I think yeah risk taking as far as my career goes or as far as like just trusting that things will work out goes I think it's because I uh I didn't talk to myself first and I just did it without thinking Hmm. yeah and initially initially I think of that like when I think of myself doing that it sounds scary like oh you're about to do something you're going to regret but I actually think the way you're describing it sounds healthier like do it so that you don't allow yourself to get in your own way like do it before you talk yourself out of it do it before you talk yourself out of it is totally like the the message I'm saying is is, especially for people who struggle with that anxiety or that inner dialogue that's like always holding themselves back from you know making a choice that they regret not choosing and and stuff it's just like well why don't you shut it like you know really try hard to uh to mute that uh voice Mm -hmm. and just and just say yes and see what happens. And if, if you don't feel comfortable and you, well, that's the, what the thing about your gut though, too, is if you make that risk and you take that choice or take that chance. And then five minutes later, your gut's like, you got to get out of the car. You got, you got to change. You got to turn around, turn around. It's all fucking good. Mm. Like you're allowed to change your mind over and over and over again. And, uh, and you know, yeah, sometimes I, I feel bad. I feel bad that I'm indecisive and I feel bad that it takes me a little bit longer than others to uh, think of what they want to order at the dinner table and whatever, like, you know, but at the same time, I, I want what I want. And sometimes I need a little bit more of a second to, uh, to understand what I want in that moment. And, uh, or maybe mm-hmm. I need to just not think and blindly choose, but you know, you read the room, you read the room and you make that decision for yourself. <laughs> When I sought out to start a podcast where two people chat and connect while chugging back their favorite drink, one thing that didn't at all occur to me was bathroom breaks. Drinking makes you have to pee. So, well, Erica and I take a quick pee break. Here's a fun riddle for you. What disappears as soon as you say its name? Think you know the answer? Head to the Liquid Courage podcast on Instagram and comment your answer. Whoever comments the correct answer first will get to submit whatever question they want for me to ask my next podcast guest. Good luck. Oh, I love riddles. I have the bladder of, I don't know, what is it, a bird? Oh, don't worry. Also, though, beer gets me the worst with pee. Yeah, yeah. Like, I... Totally. 
Oh my God. Sometimes I'll get so annoyed with myself too. I'm like, why am I peeing every 10 minutes? Like I'm drinking a beer to enjoy myself. And now I'm in the bathroom. Were you one of those girls? Like, I don't know if you had friends like this or maybe if you were the girl mm. yourself in, in high school at parties and stuff. And I always remember there was like at least one girl who would be like, don't break the seal. <laughs> oh, so- yeah. Oh my God. So that's, I re- always remember like those, those yeah. saying that. And it's just like, if I'm going to pee, I like, or if I have to pee, I'm going to go pee. And if that's every like yeah. five minutes, then fucking guess what? I'm going to pee every five minutes. Like, every five minutes. I remember like trying to force like myself to be comfortable with the fact that I had to piss more than anything in the world at parties. Just because <laughs> I was like, I cannot break the seal. And it's like, yeah. what is the seal? Like what, what even like, Oh my God. And it's just like, I, I like people were just, uh, especially little tiny 16 year old girls at parties were like, I broke the seal. Oh no. It's just like, <laughs> like you have to pee I did for a while like I would listen to them if they were like don't break the seal like because to me I thought oh if I'm breaking the seal I'm like ruining the party for them so I would try for a while and then I remember finding out that this might be a lie but like holding your pee can give you a bladder infection well I mean it's probably you it can definitely cause something like I think something right like and maybe you have to hold it for like a long time a lot of times but then I remember thinking like okay bitch you want am I gonna get am I so people pleasing that I'm gonna get a bladder infection no because you're not gonna be there to like give me cranberry juice so no like I'm going pee and also sometimes the bathroom is fun like come with me it's fun sometimes whatever I love extracurricular I'm I'm, yeah. a total, I'm a total white girl cliche of being the girl in the bathroom being like you don't need him you're so much better than him <laughs> yeah and y- I loved a moment too where like this makes me sound like a grandma but I loved a moment where from the group maybe it was just like me and just a couple friends and we're like in the bathroom and we just get to it's a little quieter and we just get to talk a little bit and connect and then go out again like I love yeah. that Oh my so, god! I okay. I absolutely like I hate clubs. Like I hate big, like loud, kind of obnoxious uh, bars. Yeah, youth, if you will. Um, and yeah. so yeah, definitely like the bathroom was almost a place of safety where you're just like, I just need a minute. I don't even have to go pee, but I just need a fuck yeah. I just need a fucking minute. It's uh, wider music <laughs> in here. Like the bathroom is the better bar. Like I would rather yeah. just be in the bathroom hanging out and drinking together yeah, than sit on the counter no, and just be like, yeah. I can't believe he said that. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> Do you guys want to get shawarma? Like always, yeah. there's the talk of the food afterwards. <laughs> Dude, oh yeah no oh, that's where you gotta say it. well especially me being a deaf kid and uh and you know going my oh whole life. i didn't even think oh, of that and in clubs and stuff oh yeah i can't hear shit oh my god i absolutely guess what people when i'm like when a guy's like uh, flirting with me or trying to like whatever i'm always like mm-hmm, yeah and he's like, <laughs> like I, just, I just told you my grandma died i'm like oh no i didn't like yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm like i'm like that's so funny and it's like what the and I'm just like, oh sorry that was not the generic answer that you were looking for oh <laughs> But uh, yeah. oh my god, that's so funny! The only time I talk to my friends are either Mm -hmm. in the lineup or in the bathroom. The rest of it's just like I just I guess I'm gonna order my drink at the bar or uh, guess what everyone else wants and try my best. Oh my god! And uh, yeah. Oh, but also I just hate it for uh, other reasons. It's always so for its own. It's always sticky, and it's always the worst people in there. You never have a good 
like connect like you never have a good meet up with someone you know what I mean like when you go no. to a bar on a random night and there's a band playing and there's like people that just happen to be there that are you know fun and whatever mm-hmm. to join people and you get to know their table whatever that's the experience I'm looking for that's the, that's the that's the Saturday night that I would fucking absolutely volunteer for the other yeah. like, let's let's stand outside in a tank top dress in the middle of January to get into dance cave. <laughs> God, I used to do that so much. Oh, we all did. Honestly, we all did. It was so much too of like, oh, this is this is what I should be doing because I'm young. So yeah, I should oh. do this. And it was like, I'm freezing. I have bruises. Like I also then, like I'm worried yeah. for my physical safety. Like, why am I getting grabbed all the time? Stop touching yeah. me. Like, oh ugh. my god, At the amount of times where I was just like, we did it because we're young. It's just like, yeah, as an excuse. It's just like, yeah. I, I hate this. Like other people, there, there's a lot of like, you know, college friends of mine and, and people that I've met in my life that, that actually like that lifestyle. Like they, totally. they are, yeah. they're all for it. They are, they're built for it. They fucking love it. Yeah. They, they, make, they make the memories of their lives and they do that shit. For me, I'm just like, I'd rather have a spontaneous Tuesday night where I close down Bad Dog Theater <laughs> with like two other <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah. And we're yeah. just, you know, like whatever. And it's just like, that's, that's my youth. Uh, but at the same time, no, everyone, it's each their own. You know what I mean? Uh, own, 100%. So what is, okay. So when we were sort of, when we we're sort of talking, we we're talking about risk taking and like yeah. holding back or not holding back. So what's something that you want to be, what's something you want to be doing more of right now in your life and you're not doing it, you're holding back from doing it? Oh, what a packed and loaded gun you just gave me. Um, <laughs> um, no, very solid question. Um, yeah, to dig down not that deep and answer that, I would have to say, <laughs> I don't know, just making content without overthinking, like absolutely taking the, mm. the overthinking part off. But especially in a climate right now, I I think I could also afford to take a break, like to take uh, mm. that. Like I think that would be something I could be doing that would be <laughs> equally as helpful as 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 creating stuff. Is also mm. giving yourself the break that you, no one in a million years could have predicted that we'd get this break. Like I I know I don't know if you uh, yeah I think a, a December when we last kind of talked in, in person you might have detected, mm-hmm. but I, I developed um, vocal nodules last summer from, from doing a musical and from performing, you know, seven nights a week and, and working oh full my time gosh. that I, I developed nodes. And, uh, and so up until March, this was a struggle. Like it was, I didn't have a voice. Like I, I, I teach and I do shows and I would blow it out every single day or every night and wow. or every weekend. And, uh, and it was really hard. Like it was, hard to talk and obviously I'm sure you you as a performer and, and you uh, you know I don't know the circles that you run in I'm sure you you know the uh the I don't know seriousness of of, of calluses on your vocal cords uh, for, yeah. for it's like one of my that. biggest fears to do that yeah, yeah 100% so, it's so yeah I had a pretty wicked I started seeing a vocal coach and a vocal uh, like a speech pathologist and and you know and even though I was like a, a percentage of that was covered by my by my health insurance it was still kind of taxing on like on my myself and uh, mm-hmm. to, to afford that and to, and to understand that I needed that coaching and I needed that help and um but even still it was like 
a waiting game. Like you, you have to, you essentially have to hide under a rock to cure notes. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you got to stop. Like you have to, like, and it's like, I couldn't stop teaching because that was my livelihood. Like that's my job. That's my income. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stop performing because that's my happiness and my, my well-being and like my mental mm-hmm. sanity and all that. And so I, w- I was feeling like absolutely at a loss for, you know, the last couple of months here. Um, and then I did my solo half hour for Sketchfest and it was just, yeah. you know, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the work, but at the same time, I didn't have a voice. Like it was really hard mm-hmm. to project and fight through what I was feeling. And then, you know, with the low rise Queens and the other shows that I was involved in, it was kind of like, well, it is, it's going to be what it is. I, I can't predict how I'm going to sound tonight because I couldn't talk this morning and, and now it's just going to be what it is. And it was painful. Oh it was very gosh. depressing. Like I was just so sad. Anyways. So cut to what I, how I feel right now is mm. my voice is back. Like I am almost mm. fully rehabilitated. Like I still feel some strain at times, but this is the break that even though it's under horrible circumstances, like I mm-hmm. would absolutely rather battle and, and, and try to take on my nodes <laughs> than, than have mm-hmm. this happen to the world. Like that's let, let's be very clear about that. Of course. But I mean, no, of course. But, but this is the break that I think a lot of people's bodies who are such workaholics or such, you know, people that, that go, go, go or, or need something to be focusing on at all times. I think this is kind of a break for us to just kind of like those people and those individuals to really not take for granted and to really understand like, yes, this is a time that you can shut the brain off and, and just, kind of reset or you can you know still give yourself a creative task or something that you would like to do that you never had the time to do before right now and, and that's that's all good that's all chill too but for me it was kind of yeah for me I, I obviously I want to be working like I want to be creating and I want to be making people laugh even in this like situation that we're in right now so mm-hmm. yeah if, if I could uh you know find an outlet or, and find a project that really tickles me like that then then that'd be great like I'm all good with that but something that I really want to focus on right now is just taking the break mm-hmm. and accepting that like my body really needed this. My, uh, yeah, like my, everything that will come after this will be so much better because I had this time to, to reset. Uh, it's, yeah. it's harder said than done. Like it is hard to shut that off and, and not want to hustle as much as I want to hustle, but uh, everyone's mm-hmm. in the same boat. Like everyone in the world right now is in the same position. Like no one's, moving mountains right now like everyone's career is kind of in the same place that it was before all this and so Mm -hmm. it's just like for that for me to really hear that and really understand that means that okay maybe I could sit down maybe I can just take a minute and read a book and and maybe fucking pick up a hobby that I never in the in, in, in any other circumstance would ever pick up like I don't know I I think does that answer your question of what I, <laughs> I could be doing? Oh my right god! Now? It actually it and answers my question too. and more. Yeah. Yes, yeah. this is we're in this quarantine. And... If you were if you asked me that question any other time, then I would mm. for sure have another answer and more vulnerability <laughs> would be tacked onto that. But for right now, it's just like, man, you know what? Something I could be doing right now is just not mm. worrying so much of what I should be doing right now. <laughs> God, it's, you know what? I, yeah, you did answer my question and more because this has been like however many days now we've been in quarantine. That has been such a back and forth struggle of, I mean, I've, and I'm not even, this makes me feel pathetic. I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, I have had days where I just break down and cry to my partner because I'm like, 
when I'm when I'm relaxing, I feel like I should be working. And when I'm working, I'm resentful that I'm not relaxing. And what should I be doing? And I'm then on Instagram seeing a bunch of my, like our fellow artists, like creating stuff. And I feel like a lazy piece of shit. And then I see people- comparison it's all that oh my god Jillian help us like that you know (laughs) and it it, it really is and I I finally thought too like when this is all over Mm -hmm. and we go back out into the world I know that if I don't take this opportunity to listen to what my body and my mental health needs I am going to go back into the world feeling so run down and I also know that like and it's sort of what you said too I feel so grateful because I feel I'm coming from a a place of such privilege where like my health is okay. I'm not worried about food. I'm not worried about rent. You know, like I know you were sort of saying the same. So to think like I, I I totally, I totally resonate with what you were saying in even Mm -hmm. this podcast. It's funny because I've wanted to start it for so long and then, you know, and I recorded some before quarantine and then during quarantine, I was like, Oh, I should stop. And I talked to a friend he's like, you're always going to have a reason. So I actually, I started it. And then as soon as I released the first episode, I started crying. I was like, what did I just do? Like I could be relaxing and I signed myself up for a project. And so it's been such a balance. Like, it's not like committing to others. Like this is your baby and your like, like, you know, something that you believe in. I I, I hope you do. I I think Mm -hmm. you do. Yeah. And so that makes a difference for what we put our effort and energy towards at the end of the day. It's like, this is for yeah. you. This is actually making like uh, rewarding you in some way. Like you're getting something mm-hmm. from this. It's not that you're mm-hmm. exhausting all of your fucking energy and, and your time uh, for something that you don't believe in and that you don't want to do. This is mm-hmm. something that that's you know that that is like helping you and 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 making you feel uh, worthy and useful and blah blah blah. Which which you know mm-hmm. is it's shitty that we have to rely on that feeling to to make us feel mm-hmm. complete and whole sometimes. But at the same time. Fuck it, man. You gotta, you gotta pursue and, and can, uh, commit, commit to the bit. Commit and, to the bit. And in this case, this podcast is your bit and me fucking just living my life and chilling is my bit and I gotta commit to yeah. it. We gotta, we gotta do it. That's yeah. all good. And just and find right. balance. I mean, that's what it is, right? It's Ooh, a balance of like, yeah. commit, and also like committing to the bit and thinking of that. I think a huge takeaway I'm, I'm feeling from this is also like, when you are resting, commit to resting. When you're working, commit to working. Like, don't yeah. be half-assed about it. Because then you don't Absolutely. feel good about either of them. Well, and I was always taught that kind of growing up, too. Is just like, you know, uh, if you're going to lend a hand to someone or if you're going to be this in this position or whatever, fucking do it. Like, yeah, you're allowed to mm-hmm. change your mind. You're allowed to have regrets and allowed to, like, voice your, your concern of, in whatever circumstance. But if it's something that you initially had a lot of, like, a fucking emphasis to 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 want to do and want to do well then you're mm-hmm. gonna have to do it like you're gonna have I know it's hard everything in life is pretty hard like let's just uh accept that and and the things that we choose to do and want to and want to pull off let's just commit to it and, and do our best and see what happens after that you know that's all we can do as humans this uh I cracked open a new beer and it's so fragrant it's very fun uh, mm. Oh, Belgian moons are so fragrant. They're well, so I, yummy. I, I finished it up. I finished my Belgian, uh, hence why I had to go oh. pee. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, I finished my Belgian, and now I'm on to Flying Monkeys, uh, the milkshake <gasps> IPA. 
I'm oh, a, I've never I've, had the milkshake. Oh, yeah, it's I've never had it either. I've, I've had their other IPAs. They're all about like oh, Tiny Little Wizards from uh, Flying Monkeys is one of my favorite beers. Beers, I said beer. I love their beard. I love their beer. Um, but they don't have it in Thunder Bay. Like Thunder Bay has a brewery here. Oh, Shout out to Thunder Bay's yeah. uh, Sleeping Giant Brewery. Uh, we love it, and they have good beer. But other than that, their craft beer selection here is. It's, mm. you know, it's no Toronto. It's no Toronto. Yeah, it's not. I kind of, well, again, this is kind of checking off all my, my uh, Northern girl uh, checklist here is, is now I just drink anything. Like now if my dad has like the shittiest <laughs> like, in, like piss water beer in the fridge, I'm like, well, this is what I'm going to drink. It's all good. At least like this is beer now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like Becks. We have a lot of Becks here. I don't know if you've heard of that, but oh shit, I've never heard of Becks. No, oh, all can. It's the cheapest one, <laughs> probably. Oh, I love uh, it. No, we're all good. But yeah, no. Sometimes uh, I'll be like, okay, let me do the LCBO trip this week because I can't. Yeah, drinking this shit. Uh, but yeah, shout out to. I should have bought some more selection too. I bought like. A bunch of Corona and a bunch of Creamore because my partner and I both love Creamore. I love Creamore Spring. Creamore. Yeah, I love Creamore. I also like, I like lighter beers, but lately I've been getting into like, I like, um, like a bone shaker. Like, I like, oh, like like an amber or a dark. 100 is like, yeah, going from beers to like a full out 7% intense pale ale. Intense. Uh, Like, I had a Guinness. And I like enjoyed it. It was weird. Yeah. Oh, Guinness is I know. so special because you're like, this isn't carbonated. Like it's a smooth kind of coffee stout. Coffee. Yeah. And you're just like the head on it's amazing. Like usually I'm not, I'm like if a beer gets handed to me and it's, you know, fucking three inches of head. I'm like, well, fuck, I'm going to have to wait five yeah. minutes to take my first sip. And then by then all the yeah. carbonation and the good stuff's going to be gone. It's going to be flat <laughs> You know, uh, but, yeah, but with Guinness, like if you get it like a two inch or really nice, thick, creamy head, <laughs> this is so gross. Yeah, uh, you're like but that's what you're like. That's what you're like. That's how you pour a Guinness. That's the good shit. But uh, but yeah, it's like that's, a little trophy. I know it's oh, fucking fabulous. I'm loving it. Yeah. I know. Eh? Um, I know. Way. It's sort of weird now to talk about this because we are in quarantine. So in uh, in regular life. Yeah. Um, what does success look like to you? Like what, if someone Ooh. was like, okay, what do you want for your dream? Here's a genie, yeah. bam, here's your dream. What does it look like? What does it look like? That's, uh, that's good. And I, I do ask myself that a, a lot when, uh, yeah. when it gets, when it gets to a point where it's just like, does this even matter? Does the fact that I'm stressing mm-hmm. over this fucking YouTube video or Instagram, whatever, does it matter? Is this what yeah. I'm going to think move my career forward? And the answer is always no. Uh, so in the big <laughs> picture, the grand scheme of things, success looks to me, and again, I'm all about the corny uh, sort of answers, but that's all good. I, yeah. I'm committing to bit, committing. Um, committing. Just being happy. And, and, and so it's just like, and that could look like so many different things. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. at first, when I first started pursuing comedy, it was writing for a television show um and in the style of comedy uh, either just as a writer or as a performer and a writer and just and just having having that work out for me being in television being a comedic figure that being the the you know the top tier of of success and 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 actually making it that was what it was for me and now as i 
age <laughs> and as I continue doing what I do and, and trying to be as good as I can at the thing that I, I love doing and, and want to bring me happiness more than anything is um that might not be that like that it, like I I always have a little handshake with television and film. Like I would love for that to uh, unfold. And, and I kind of trust that it will in some way or another. Uh, and if mm-hmm. it does, and if it makes me feel like this is where I need to be in the field that I need to be in, then I'll stay. If it's too much or if it's not fitting, then I, I can leave and, and find success in another way. And I just think I'll, I'm always going to feel sort of like a champion of, of, of what I'm doing. Cause I, I pursued something that I've wanted to do since I was, you know, five. Like, this is, mm-hmm. you know, a dream that I've already been succeeding at for for my whole adult life so far. Like, this is something that I just, you know, wanted to do so bad. So it's just, like, success to me is always changing. Like, it, it's, ever, like, you know, one year and one month or whatever. It's, uh, it's you know, to have my own show that makes millions of dollars. Uh, it could be a touring, <laughs> like, pl- one-woman play that takes me all over the world and, and, and have that sort of success or, or maybe it is with film and tv maybe it's web like maybe it's uh, just collaborating for someone else's dream project that they just mm-hmm. invited me along for that that feels good for me and feels like I'm I'm making uh you know a stamp for myself uh and then yeah that fucking corny having love having uh, happiness and having all that that's that's success too like you know like that's mm-hmm. if I achieve that <laughs> I, I I would feel like it would be crazy of me to to think that that's somehow a failure is to have all that in my life but yeah it, it's always changing but it's a great question and I do kind of ref- like you know make a mental note of what it looks like uh every now and then but I can't mm-hmm. get hung up on it right because you can change your mind things change all the time mm-hmm. but uh, yeah that's for me just doing what I love making people laugh making people happy in any capacity if I'm getting paid for it great if I'm not if it's just a hobby if I'm always just going to be the person that's too loud at a party then fucking let it be that like it's all good <laughs> Talking about her kneecap. Talking about like a whole left side of my body and just how it just like kind of pieced out early on in the game. Oh, no. Like it's all oh. good. Oh, man. That's mm-hmm. it's a party trick, man. Uh, I'll, I'll let you feel my grindy knee one time. I would love that. And I also really appreciate the emphasis on, or I just, I really appreciate you acknowledging like, you can change your mind. I don't let yeah. myself change my mind. I choose, I, I make it oh, seem yeah. like a thought or like a choice yeah. is somehow a contract. And well, that's I, like, yeah, I used to do that too. And, and honestly, mm-hmm. I still struggle to kind of get out of that. It's like fence yourself into something that you're like, well, I chose this, uh, at, at this point in my life. And, and now, and now everyone's going to count on me now. When, and now everyone's waiting for me to back out of it. And, and I can't do that. Like I, now I got to lock. Yeah. It's like, What? are you really going to continue doing something that you don't like to do just because you're worried about like the other people saying, well, I knew she couldn't do it or I knew they wouldn't mm. fall through with it. It's just like, that's not a reason. That's not a good enough reason to, uh, to stay in something that you're, you're, you yourself are, are finding that you changed your mind on uh, just because you're mm-hmm. like, well, I said I would. It's like, yeah, we say a lot of things. Like, fucking people in general say a lot of things. And uh, and I think it's fair enough to say that we don't mean all of them. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that we gotta, yeah, but I'm, uh, and I say this now and say it out loud. And it's like, yeah, wow, I have a really good head on my shoulders. But at the same time, I'll make these mistakes. Like, I'll, I'll box myself <laughs> into something that I don't want to do just because I'm scared of opinions and, you know, thoughts of others. But 
you know, mm-hmm. it, it is truly how I feel. And, and sometimes I just got to remind myself of that. And I think mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people can do that too. Yeah. I, yeah. Apparently I needed you to remind me to, that I can change my mind. I'm not boxed into things. I can change my mind too. Change your mind. If you want to change the name of liquid courage to courage liquid, you can. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't. I thought I just had to be in my closet recording forever now. Rebrand. Who cares? Do what makes you happy. Uh, Well, thank you so much, Erica, for like chatting with me today. This was like, honestly, it was, I actually didn't realize how similar we were on so many things. I, well, you know, I've always felt that. And so now to like, and and just kind of having this like hum and haw and like, ah, I do. I I also feel that too in this conversation for the last, Mm -hmm. you know, hour and a half. It's been so nice and so lovely. And it It somehow makes me feel cooler. Well, you are cool. You have overalls and (laughs) cool jewelry. And I'm always just like, that girl knows how to smize. You know how to smize? Oh my God. Yeah, you know I do know what a smize is. You think I can smize? Oh, you oh. smize. You smize without even knowing you're smizing. And I'm just like, that bitch. <laughs> Look at her. Oh, my God. Erica, we need to smize together, get a tattoo, drink some I, beer, yeah. talk about your kneecap. Yeah, I need to figure out how to keep my eyes open in a picture, and then I'll smize all the time. And, yeah, we're getting matching oh. tattoos. We're, we're doing um, it. Wow. Lots of, ha- lots of, God, we just discussed. have so much. We better rest during this quarantine. Cause we really have so yes, much to do yeah. once we get out. We really sign up. And the best part is we're saying all this now, but we can change our mind. <gasps> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage podcast. If you liked what you heard, please help me out by leaving a rating or a comment on your Apple podcast app or on YouTube or wherever you might be listening from. And if you're like me and you have an awful memory or you just don't want to have to remember when the next episode comes out, hit that subscribe button and the newest episode will automatically download for you. Just like magic. I love it. (laughs) You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Liquid Courage Podcast and on Twitter at Liquid C Podcast. And if you're still listening, I want to remind you that a pandemic is still taking place. And I don't say that to be a buzzkill or to scare you, but to ask you to please, please continue or start wearing your mask when you're out of your house and around other people. We should be treating people how we want to be treated. And if you want to be safe and healthy, respect the health and safety of the people around you. Please. Thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Stay safe and take care.